Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, offering a broad range of cardiac and vascular treatments in our community. More information is available at upmc.com slash centralpaheart. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm Anaya Falcon. The Pennsylvania Farm Show is going on this week through next week, and the Pennsylvania Winery Association has been a part of the Farm Show for several years. As the Pennsylvania wine scene continues to emerge, many may be interested in the wine production process and how it's been affected by the spotted lanternfly and weather conditions within the state. Ed Lazzarini, Pennsylvania Winery Association board member, grape grower, and winemaker at Octorero Cellars in Chester County, joins us on The Spark to provide some insight. Ed, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. Thank you. So, Ed, what is the process of creating wine, and how does Octorero Cellars approach this process differently? Uh, Our process is really uh, based on the vineyard. So we uh, call ourselves wine growers as opposed to winemakers because uh, the wine really does start on, in the field. And so our focus is really on the vineyard and, and trying to grow the best fruit that we can, uh, no matter what the vintage conditions are. And then our winemaking is, is pretty fundamental and basic. We just make sure that uh, everything we're bringing in off the hill uh, really um, doesn't get messed up. It's really that simple. So we're just careful about some basics in terms of the winemaking. But for us, it's a pretty straightforward process. And Ed, as you mentioned earlier, you are a wine grower. So how did you get into doing that? And what drew you to the world of wine uh, making? So I, uh, when I was a child, uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to spend a considerable amount of time in Europe. My parents are both retired teachers. So we'd save our money and every four years we'd spend the summer uh, in Europe, and my parents would teach or do research there. So that's really where I got exposed to the um, to, to wine um, in France in particular. And so that kind of stuck with me from my childhood and uh, following a, a, a career in a very different industry, uh, I decided to uh, give it a go here in Pennsylvania uh, because of um, it's a frontier wine region and there's a lot of exciting opportunity and potential in this area. So that's how uh, I kind of caught the bug and how uh, we ended up uh, choosing Pennsylvania as a place to grow wine. So I can imagine you have uh, a pretty nice collection yourself then. Um, it's somewhat, I mean, we, we have, a, I, most of the wine that we have in our own cellar is really uh, meant for what I would call immediate drinking or, or enjoying uh, within you know a year or, or several years of purchase, but we have a, a, a smaller amount of, of wine that we uh, try to age for for a much longer period of time, sometimes uh, a decade or two. Wow. And it's really amazing um, how wine can change over that time when it's well grown. And uh, for us, wine is really it's it's um, a preserved food. Uh, that's really why it was I think 
uh, originally cultivated and produced uh, purposefully anyway by humans was a way of having something that was safe to drink uh, that could last uh, quite some time. And frequently it was safer than the water uh, in, in uh, ancient times. So um, for us, it's, it's still a, a preserved food. Yeah, and you talked about it being safer than the water in ancient times. Many may not know, but wine has a lot of health benefits. Can you talk about some of those for us? Well, those, I, I think for, from my perspective, there's certainly been a lot of research that's been done. Um, if, if one pays attention to information that's being, or research that's being done by um, various institutions around the world about the health benefits of wine, Sometimes there's even conflicting information about what, you know, is it good for your heart? Is it not? How much is good? How much alcohol consumption or wine consumption in in particular is beneficial? Um, For me, I think it really comes down to a lifestyle choice. I think if you pay attention to what you consume, whether it be beverages uh, or food, and you pay attention to what you're putting inside your body, um, that I, I think that affects your entire thinking about how you, uh, you live that part of your life. So uh, eating and then becomes more than something that's just something one needs to do. And it becomes something that's more enjoyable and that really plays an important part in a healthy lifestyle. Uh, and so that's, that's the way I really think about it um, rather than necessarily um, putting, putting in a lot of credence into what the latest research says, because hmm. that seems to change a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You've been a wine grower and a part of the wine industry for many years, but now there's a new insect on the scene called the spotted lanternfly. Is the spotted lanternfly a threat to the wine and grape industry? If so, why? It certainly is in the mid-Atlantic, and I think it will be more generally on the East Coast as the spotted lanternfly spreads. Uh, And there's a good chance that it'll even become a problem on the West Coast, which has a much more, um, sort of much, certainly a much better known wine industry and a much larger industry, uh, one that's that's extremely lucrative, not only for the businesses themselves, but for the states uh, in which uh, those businesses are in. And, Spotted lanternfly is definitely a problem here. It has been a major problem in parts of Pennsylvania and other parts of the Mid-Atlantic. Um, and it's, it's a problem because it, it uh, creates several challenges uh, for the vines themselves. So um, some of the, the damage that spotted lanternflies can create for vines include damage to uh, clusters within a given vintage. So uh, your fruit uh, can be damaged by uh, their feeding habits. Uh, and then the vines themselves can be weakened because these are insects that actually suck the sap out of the vines and reduce the amount of uh, overall carbohydrates that the vine has access to, which can affect ripening of fruit, but can also affect uh, vines ability to uh, overwinter well and then come out of winter and start growing in the spring. So it's really, kind of a double whammy in terms of the the impact it can have on a vineyard and a winery uh, in a given vintage, but also going forward uh, in in terms of affecting the longer term longevity and health of vines and, and a vineyard more generally. 
Have weather conditions within Pennsylvania also been a challenge for wine growers recently? I think they've always been a challenge. One of the major challenges of the Mid-Atlantic is that we are not a classically dry region. The East Coast of the U.S. in general is not. If you look at all the traditional wine growing regions throughout other parts of the world, uh, what they all have in common is that they tend to be very dry during the growing season. And that helps with all sorts of things, including the health of the vines, uh, the amount of farming and inputs that need to be done during the growing season, but also the characteristics of the resulting wine that's produced in those areas. So in the Mid-Atlantic, um, the, the amount of rainfall that we get throughout the growing season can be a real challenge depending on uh, the, the year. It's, it's different every year. Uh, so we don't have the reliability that other regions have. But uh, site selection becomes really important because of that. So where you choose to plant your vineyard is extremely important on the East Coast of the US uh, because that, that can act as a hedge against the weather. Uh, so, and that's something that you can, you have some control over in terms of choosing and how you plant it and the varieties that you choose to plant, things like that. In just a minute, could you share with us, you know, how the Pennsylvania Winery Association is a part of the farm show this year? Sure. So uh, we've, uh, the PWA has been involved with the farm show for several years now, and um, we're, we're continuing to push in the direction of really showing how wine and, and other agricultural products that are grown and produced in Pennsylvania can really fit well together. So uh, doing things like putting tasting menus together uh, that are used at the farm show with respect to cheese that's produced within the state, uh, as well as other uh, food products. That's really what we've been focusing on uh, in the PWA the last couple of years there. And uh, that's an area that we're continuing to focus on going forward because I think that's really, um, and that's really an important piece because wine, wine kind of seen on its own is, is just one thing, but um, really um, combining that with locally grown food, that's where the magic really happens. That's how I originally got into to food and, and wine was that uh, symbiosis between the two. And um, I think, uh, you know, just my own experience at the farm show, uh, helping out uh, last year there, was I was, I, I had actually never been to the farm show before. And um, going there, I was amazed at the focus and precision and energy and pride that went into so many of the uh, products that are produced there. I mean, just wow. the breeding of livestock, it was just, it was mind blowing. It really impressive. is, Ed. And I, I thank you so much for joining us today. It is mind blowing just being there, honestly. Yes. We've been speaking with Ed Lazzarini, Pennsylvania Winery Association board member, wine grower and winemaker at Octorero Cellars in Chester County. You're listening to The Spark on WITF, your home for NPR and discovering all things local. I'm Anaya Falcon.